Hello, and welcome to the Rooted in Reliability podcast, your plant performance podcast, where we dive deeper into asset management techniques and know-how. I'm your host, James Kovacic, and I will be your guide to achieving industry best practice. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is here to provide you with the insights to improve plant performance and deliver bottom line results to your organization. In case you missed the last episode, you can find the Rooted in Reliability podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the reliability.fm network. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Now let's dive into today's topic. It's my pleasure to welcome Caitlin Young-Gilbert to the podcast. Welcome, Caitlin. Hi, glad to be here. Well, thanks for joining us. And for those that may not be familiar with you, they're obviously not part of the maintenance community <laughs> at Upkeep, but you are the chief of staff at Upkeep and you also help start the maintenance community. Although super brief, what can you tell us about yourself, your role at, with the maintenance community, that type of thing? Yes, yes. So um, the maintenance community is celebrating its one-year birthday right now, and I can't believe it's only been one year. But as you mentioned, part of my role as chief of staff at Upkeep is making sure we're always doing good for the industry. And so that's where the maintenance community was born, and it's been a really wild ride um, creating an online community that's now I think 17,000 members strong, all sharing information. So um, it's it's really great. It definitely helped in my CMRP journey. I was a, I had no maintenance background before TMC, and then through the maintenance community was able to get access to lots of different experts and knowledge. And now I have my CMRP. Excellent. And you know, it's been a year of the maintenance community, so that is a big milestone, especially considering how big it's gotten so quickly. Yes, yes. It's sometimes I have to pinch myself to think about it. You know, one of the fears going in was what if we create this Slack space and then it's an empty room? No one, no one's talking. And then, um, yeah, it's just not utilized. So it's such a good problem to be having that we have so many members and needing to make sure we keep up and keep providing value. Absolutely. Now, within that maintenance community, you're you and everyone else, you're seeing questions on different topics, you know, people posting thoughts on different topics. What type of trends are you seeing in maintenance lately? That's a great question. Something I'm noticing is that people really want to hear as many perspectives as possible. I think early we would hear questions that were yes or no answers, or I would like um, advice on how to fix my problem as soon as possible in the most straightforward way. And the discussions I'm noticing in the maintenance community are now evolving to be a lot more theoretical in nature, or I'm gonna say controversial, but I mean more like people sharing different opinions and really debating it a little bit more. So it's been interesting to see that the community is less about having certain um, on the floor issues solved. That still happens, but there's a lot more in-depth conversations happening about you know what's gonna happen in the future. What's our role when it comes to green infrastructure, things like that. So it's been very interesting to see, I think the trust that's built in that space and how it has then with the addition of new people been able to create a space where people wanna have very in-depth conversations where all perspectives are heard. All right, excellent, yeah. and. You know, that, that back and forth, that debate, if you will, that's a good way to transfer knowledge because a simple yes or no, someone's just going to take that and run with it. But if you get that discussion back and forth of why this perspective, why that perspective, you know, why approach it this way, that promotes a much better understanding of that topic for everyone involved. That's right. I think the best conversations that I've noticed in the maintenance community 
are full of more questions than answers. So follow-up questions, you know, follow-up explorations. Uh, those are the ones that end up being the most, I think, educational for everyone because it has everyone think um, a little more deeply about why they're saying those answers. Yep, absolutely. Now, I got to ask, so the maintenance community has been going strong for a year now. What prompted Upkeep and you to start the maintenance community to begin with? Yes, yes. Um, very honestly, this was completely born from the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, before COVID, we, Ryan and I, Ryan, CEO of Upkeep, had been discussing, you know, how do we do the most good for the maintenance industry just because it's we're a player in this space. And so how do we make sure that we're helping the next generation, the current generation, things like that. And we had a few ideas going back and forth and then COVID-19 hit and the world went home <laughs> or digital. And there were a lot of people, um, customers and non-customers messaging us on LinkedIn or emailing us saying, hey, I need new um, KPIs or I need to know how to remote monitor my facility and asking for a ton of advice. And we couldn't keep up with the advice, nor did we feel like we were the absolute best people to be asking for it during a global pandemic. Um, and so we said, you know, we don't know that knowledge off the top of our head, but we know people who do. We use Slack as a company to keep in contact during this pandemic. Let's just make, we'll pay for the Slack space. Let's just make it for maintenance professionals. Anyone can join. And then we'll just post questions in there and everyone can talk to each other. So taking ourselves out of the middle so that the information could be shared more widely. And so that's where it started. Again, I didn't know if anyone would join. I just, anyone who asked me a question, I put them in the maintenance community and tagged uh, an expert that we knew. And word of mouth just spread and spread and spread. And so I think, you know, the truth is that it's never going to go full. The world is never going to go fully back to as much on-site presence as we had before. There will always be some kind of hybrid. And so now I think people are really comfortable with the Slack space and knowing that that's a resource they can use um, to get knowledge from around the world. That's, that's where it started, all from just trying to solve a problem during COVID. Yeah, and it, it seemed to have worked because everyone's on there. They're asking great questions. And what's interesting is it's not one topic or one industry. It's very, very wide, ranging from topic, industry, country. It's all-encompassing. Was that something you guys set out to do when you launched it, was to make sure you know there diversity and inclusion was was built into there or did that just happen organically? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think um, knowing that we were always going to want it to be a global space where people could then sign in what time zone was convenient for them. I think we knew diversity and inclusion would naturally follow because of that. I think historically, if you think of ways people were able to gain knowledge, you were either lucky enough to travel in person to a conference lucky enough to work at a place where there were people who had been there for a while willing to teach you, but it was very much about your circumstances and your access. And so with creating this Slack community, we knew that we were blowing those doors wide open and that more people would have access. Now, again, it was during COVID-19, so it was maybe like a secondary realization. You know, the first realization was, let's create this, let's include as many people as possible. And then I would say even two months in when we noticed one, people are really using this. And then two, people around the world are using this. Lots of different people having lots of different conversations. So it was um, a little bit of a happy surprise, 
and one we're really, really grateful for. All right, excellent. And that gives us, you know, that diversity. Now, the inclusion piece, what is inclusion and why is it so important to this type of a community? Yeah, it's a great question. So inclusion is really being about uh, being purposeful. I think a lot of people, when we get into diversity work or talking about diversity, most people understand the importance of it. Um, That's not really the education that's needed. A lot of people are hungry to know, how do I help be part of the solution? How do I include more voices? How do I invite more people into into the space? Um, And so inclusion is really about being very thoughtful of when do you see certain populations not presented in our in our Slack space? How do we reach out to groups that have those different populations or those industries and bring them in? So for our work in terms of inclusion, it's making sure that if we notice there is a voice missing or a perspective that could really be included more in our topics, going out and finding those groups. Because another thing we realize is that we're not really reinventing the wheel. There are many groups out there for women in maintenance, for um, you know young people in maintenance. All of those different groups exist. It's bringing them together in one place and including them in the conversation. This podcast is brought to you by Iridicio. Be sure to check out Iridicio's IBL blended learning for maintenance and reliability professionals. This SMRP accredited project-based curriculum will take you through all aspects of a maintenance and reliability program and provides you with all the tools you need to generate a 30 times return on investment for your organization and a set of credentials from the University of Tennessee for you. You can find out more at ibltraining.com. Do you see changing trends in the diversity and inclusion in maintenance and reliability? Is it becoming more diverse, more inclusive? Is it kind of staying the same? Is it slowly changing? What are you seeing? Yeah, I think it's absolutely changing. I think that in traditional methods, if we think back to LinkedIn, even like two years ago, a lot of ways conversations happened were experts, industry experts would amass a following and then they would start a conversation and then anyone who followed them could discuss in the comments. But it took one expert bringing a group together starting a conversation and then conversations um, worked from there. If you think about the community, you don't need to be an expert to post a question and start a discussion, right? You can be a student who hasn't even joined their first job yet. You can be an intern. You can ask a question, ask follow-up questions, and, and a full discussion can happen. So I think in that way, diversity of perspective and lowering the bar of who is able to start start thought or, excuse me, thought starter <laughs> topics um, is really changing and that's exciting. And so that, when you think about um, lowering that bar, anyone, any gender, any location can now be that person. All right, excellent. And, you know, we're seeing that changing trends, but how do organizations promote or continue to support that type of diversity, inclusion, um, within not just the maintenance community, but maybe their own facility? Yeah, that's a really great question. I feel like part of it is making sure that your group is involved in if there's any like wider regional networking events or digital digital societies. Like if, you're, if you look at your maintenance group or your organization and you see a lack of diversity or lack of inclusion, You know, the answer isn't always we'll just hire lots of different people from different perspectives and bring them in. Um, That's just not possible. Right. And so what 
you can do though is really maybe set aside a budget or set aside time and say, hey, I want to make sure that we're investing in your education. You know, you can use this time or this stipend or here's some resources to join these different networking groups, to join these different societies. And then with with promoting that, people will then have access to different perspectives and different kinds of people. And so in the future, let's say you ever have a role open up, you know, you now have access to lots of different people out in the world that you could bring in as part of that work. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to do those types of things um, because like you said, it brings those different perspectives. You know, I've been taught one way, I've done things a certain way and, you know, someone newer might come in and be like, why are you doing that? That sounds so stupid. That's right. And it'll force me to change my thinking about it. And, you know, all those perspectives ultimately will allow us to get a better process out at the end, whether it's how we manage work, how we maintain our equipment, how we recruit, train, hire, all those different things. I think it's just better for the organization as a whole. Yeah. And I would say, you know, something else I run into is people, when we think about diversity inclusion, I do see a tendency for people to start feeling very overwhelmed, right? And thinking, you know, I'm not dedicating lots of time to educating young girls in STEM and I'm not doing this or that, but it can be very small actions. And actually it takes really small actions for any kind of diversity or inclusion work to work. So what I mean by that is, Anyone listening to this podcast right now can be part of the solution by going on LinkedIn for five minutes, looking at who you follow and seeing if there's any kinds of perspectives, identities that you're missing, and then go find someone to follow. You know, find one person that's a little bit different or a different perspective, different industry than you're used to following and and start taking in their content and posts. Um, I think being able to make those small changes and then it's just steps from there. And so I just, I like to mention that because we can all be part of the solution. All right. That's great. Great takeaway for everyone to, you know, go start down that journey. Now, you know, earlier you said you started the maintenance community to help share knowledge, to promote the diversity and inclusion. Have you guys been able to achieve those goals that you set out to? Yes. Well, that's a great question because I don't know if you can ever pat yourself on the back and say, we are diverse and inclusive and we've done the work and and we're good, right? But I will say that we have set goals every single quarter after quarter in the maintenance community team of we want to include X amount more groups into this space. We are specifically going to target um, historically black colleges or female STEM groups or you name it, um, these industries, right? Every quarter we pick one area of diversity inclusion we want to focus on because we can't boil the ocean. Um, and, and pick specific groups and then make sure we hit those goals. So in that way, yes, I, I really am grateful that we're on a team that measures success in lots of different ways. And one includes, are we including um, diverse voices and getting better and better each quarter? All right. Excellent. Now, what else are you guys doing at Upkeep to promote diversity and inclusion? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think a lot of what we're doing is trying to make sure that our team is also very aware and um, educated on the diversity that exists in our field, right? Because a lot of people in the maintenance community have years, decades of experience in maintenance and are now learning about all the different diverse perspectives that exist through the maintenance community. So 
for people at Upkeep that perhaps haven't had any background in maintenance, their view is even smaller, right? So being able to set aside time and make sure that we um, try and educate our team on all the different perspectives in terms of different maturity levels of maintenance programs, um, different difference between maintenance and reliability, like all of those different perspectives of what goes on in this world, um, in our industries, I mean, is really important for us to make sure that we're setting aside time and educating. All right, excellent. And I also heard you guys are starting a new podcast as well to kind of help with this as well. Yes, yes. How could I forget? Um, I'm also now the host of Women in Maintenance podcast. Um, we just had our first episode launch, which is amazing. And, and you can find it on all the places you find podcasts. And that's been really exciting for me um, because the maintenance community was in the Slack group was the first time I was really able to have live access to different experts in the field and learn from them. But it's also hard to have super in-depth conversations over text and time differences. So for me to get to talk in real life with women in the field, hear their stories, hear their advice for future generations um, has been has been personally so awesome. All right. Excellent. And that podcast, brand new. So you got how many episodes out right now? We live, we have one episode. We've recorded a few, and so they're getting uh, processed. And so a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline. All right. Is this, is this planning to be a weekly, every two weeks, once a month? What's the cadence, and when are they coming out? Yes. So the goal is to eventually make it a weekly podcast. Um, and so luckily, there's no shortage of amazing, amazing leaders that have really been excited to volunteer their time and join. So, you know, it's really just down to me recording all those episodes and, and getting it all edited in time and out. But the goal definitely is one a week so that we can, um, I don't know, just start sharing many more stories. All right. Excellent. I haven't heard the new one yet, but I'm looking forward to it and I'll be able to pick it up this weekend. So very excellent. excited for it. Well, you're, you know, you're a podcast expert. So, you know, you're going to have to send me some tips about what I can be doing better. <laughs> we can definitely talk about things not to do. Okay, perfect. <laughs> well, Caitlin, I want to thank you for taking your time today. But before we kind of wrap up, what's the one thing you want everyone listening to take away regarding diversity, inclusion, community, all those great things we talked about? Yeah, that's hard. So many things. I think for me is just remembering that while all these topics can be feel really overwhelming, um, your work in trying to make sure that you approach um, conversations with kindness, making sure that you're including different voices, you're seeking out different perspectives, that really does make a difference. And it's hard because maybe you'll never receive recognition for the part that you're playing. Maybe you won't see the benefit of the work you're putting in or the time you're putting in. But any small steps we make as a collective really will benefit the industry as a whole. So I kind of just like to tell people to keep the faith, you know, do what they can, and then just know that success will come when we put that time in. Yep, absolutely. Well, Caitlin, I want to thank you for taking the time. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, events going on, activities, conferences, stuff you guys are doing at Upkeep? Yeah. Well, I would just say, you know, we've talked a lot about the maintenance community. If you are not a member yet, please head over to upkeep.org. That's where you're going to find all information about upcoming events. We do lots of fun giveaways and educational resources. Um, and that's how you'll find ways to um, join the maintenance community Slack group. 
And then please, please feel free to follow me on LinkedIn. You can find me under Caitlin Young Gilbert. All right, excellent. I will put links to all that in the show notes so everyone can easily access it. And then lastly, my favorite question, any resources you want to share with our listeners? You know, I'm going to use it as a shameless plug for the Women in Maintenance podcast one more time. All right. (laughs) Make sure you take a listen. All right. I will put a link to that as well in the show notes and we'll make sure we can share all this with our listeners. Caitlin, I want to thank you once again for taking the time today. I truly appreciate it. Thanks so much, James. I would like to thank you for listening and remind you that you can always find out more on maintenance, reliability, and asset management at www.iridicio.com and by following our blog. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is a proud member of the Reliability.fm network. I'd like to ask you to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. It ensures the podcast stays relevant and is easy to find by like-minded professionals. It is only with your ratings and reviews that the Rooted in Reliability podcast can continue to grow. I thank you for providing this small but critical support. We'll see you next week when we dive into another burning topic with Rooted in Reliability, your plant performance podcast.